Welcome to the podcast, everybody. My name is Danny Cola. If this is your first time listening, make sure to hit subscribe on your favorite podcast platform so that you can join me in having some epic conversations that access higher levels of potential with creatives and professionals from all around the globe. Thank you for tuning in. Today's guest is Ethan Hausman. I first met Ethan back in 2013 when he was a student in my freshman fitness class. Seven years later, it's amazing to see the growth, development, and passion for life that this kid has. On this episode, Ethan shares his story about his struggle with irregular concussions, the agonizing symptoms that went along with it, and now the journey of regrowing neurotissue for physical, mental, and emotional optimization through a keto diet, fasting protocols, and neuroelectrical stimulation. Ethan's eagerness for learning about the brain, consciousness, and healing is evident, and it gets me excited for the next generations of humans that will have a gigantic impact during this pivotal time. If you like what you hear today, make sure to rate the podcast five stars and share this episode with someone who might find it valuable. So without further ado, enjoy the podcast. All right, fellas, one thing I think about life is that like you have to bounce back from feeling shitty sometimes. You know, like you still have to work as a professional and you still have to do things when you might be flustered. Yeah. Like in that like that weird state, you know, and you still have to maintain an equilibrium of balance. Not that it's it's irrelevant right now. I just feel that way. Let's open up the the conversation with what your thoughts are on that as far as like growth and development. What are your thoughts on Ethan when you when like being uncomfortable? Yeah, when you're a little bit uncomfortable, but you still have to perform. Yeah, uh, I used to be super, super, super like affected by that. To be honest. Yeah, me too. Um, I used to be super like controlling of my environment so I could stay in a comfort zone because I knew I could succeed in the comfort zone. Mm. You know, everyone wants to be like patted by praise and shit. Um, my concussion. Can we curse on here? I yeah, think. yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. There's no like. There's really no. <laughs> Rules. I mean, this is my show, and learning how to put together a podcast, there's really no rules at all. When I first True. started the podcast, and I had more of a corporate job, I mean, as you know, I was a teacher. Yeah, like, you, had to you, have to be, you have to be careful on the things that you yeah. say, because that's your source of income. But I really feel like, as I've grown as an entrepreneur, like being free to express my truth, no matter how esoteric it might be, like my intention, my intentions are to help people and to figure out new ways to do it in this day and age. And yeah. I've always been called to that, and I always felt connected to that, whether that's through movement, through meditation, through breathing, yeah. all sorts of like healing modalities. Like I'm interested in expressing myself and learning about these things and talking about them. And sometimes it might be a little bit taboo, yeah. but now I'm, as an entrepreneur, I really don't care. It's got to be that way, yeah. So I, I would say like. Um, my first long-term concussion recovery was my sophomore year of college, like more than four months. Mm. It's a long time to be uncomfortable every day, right? Yeah. And it totally beat the fuck out of me because before that point, I was so good at not needing to be in uncomfortable situations, mm. kind of like tailoring my life around it. So then I was stuck in it for so long and it messed me up and it created tons of bad habits and I was in horrible shape. I weighed like 138 pounds coming off of that concussion. Wow. Uh, tiny, super inactive like not thinking about anything positive, just kind of feeling sorry for myself because I was uncomfortable every day. Mm. Um, so from that, I learned like the value of constantly being uncomfortable. Like we could talk about them for health reasons, but I take an ice shower every day just because it's like a micro victory. It's like I was, I, I got out of bed and the first thing I did was something that sucked. Dude, I'm with you on that. I do that too. 
uh, and it is that mental hurdle. It's like it's not. It's a controlled environment where like your nervous system can be like, oh my god, what the fuck is going on? And yeah. through breathing, through just regularly staying present, yeah. you kind of like let that uncomfortable feeling pass. Yeah, you know what so I'm saying. The human body too, and, and all our systems and our brain, like it doesn't really care, right? It's just going to react to whatever's going on. So if it's uncomfortable you might perceive that to be annoying, but to all your systems in your body, it's just whatever state the present is. It can put up with being uncomfortable. It's not gonna stop working just because it's uncomfortable because you perceive something to be uncomfortable. It's not gonna make your heart stop beating or whatever, whatever, your nervous system stop feeling. So you can train yourself to be comfortable being uncomfortable. And then you can just stop thinking about it altogether and only focus on productivity and success and it won't matter. Like life's gonna hand you some shit that's gonna make you uncomfortable, but your body and your mind has been so conditioned to be uncomfortable that it just doesn't matter. That's kind of what I'm trying to focus on. Dude, deep, deep, very, very interesting. So you talked about your concussion and that was a, like a, you know, something that you couldn't control. You play, you're playing high level sports mm -hmm. and you know, you get hit in the head and you have real bad trauma, you're going through these issues. Talk to me about that part of your life and how you, this journey of regrowing neural tissue and understanding how the brain works um, talk to me a little bit about your story because this is really the key here um, So I used to like I was decent But I was never like good enough for it to be warranted But I used to really think that I could just play soccer forever and not have to worry about anything I else. thought so too. I, I dream big. I dream you know big all, all the time I think dreaming big you don't have anything to you know There's nothing to regret when you dream big and you go all in yeah right? and, for sure I thought the same way on a local level. I got to pretty high pretty high standard of playing. On a global level, I got to a respectable but still pretty average Play level D of D1 soccer is high level. I think it's high. I, think, I mean, obviously, yeah, I, I, on a global like, level, I think you're right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and then I think, like, uh, it was kind of just a, more of a psychological transformation than anything. Like, um, luckily, all of my concussions did not cause me structural damage, only neurological damage, and that sucks, but it can all be repaired. Every neurological network can be rewired. Um, so... Talk to me about some of the... Uh, symptoms that you were expressing when yeah. it got really bad yeah so months of like inability to focus on anything for more than 20 minutes at a time um, constant ridiculous levels of tension in my occipitals which is like the back of your head and my temples and that like refracts into my jaw so Ooh. pretty much everything above my collarbones maintained like really unhealthy levels of tension at all times um, it takes away all of your focus because you can't help but feel how like like focus on the perception of all attention M Most people go through their day and when would you ever think about how your temples feel? When, when would you ever think about how your frontalis feels and I was forced to not only think about it all the time But devote all of my energy to try and release it Otherwise, I was kind of like disabled because mm. it was so tense mm. and then if you focus on it and you can't release it and it stresses you out, and you add a bunch of anxiety into the mix, you could just, there's like three or four hours of your day just down the drain. And then you get into the depression that comes from the inactivity. Yeah, because you get on this loop. Exactly. It's a default thinking loop. Exactly. So my actual concussion symptoms, one symptom at a time, would be considered mild. It's kind of like when you focus on one, and then another one comes, and then you couldn't control the one before the other one gears up, and then uh. the third one gears up, and then you get anxious, and then... That's where all the real issues come into play. It's kind of like you said, being in that zone where you push your system too far, like from a workout. Yeah. It was like my system was pushing itself too far, mm. out of my control, 24-7. Mm. 
Do you think maybe the way that you were living life prior to the concussions made you more susceptible to a concussion upon impact? I think that just my history of concussions, because like I had three concussions in high school that were treated by a high school trainer. They, that was literally, as soon as you go 24 hours symptom free, five days and you'll be back in training and that was it, right? So like at the time without much information and just you know you, how you go through the world changes a lot when you're 16, 17 anyways. I just kind of figured like, oh, you know, my headaches are gone, I'm good. Mm -hmm. uh, I didn't even have headaches as a sim symptom of my last two concussions. So all the shit that could be attributed to like environmental anxiety, whatever, I was actually just experiencing concussion symptoms 24 seven for mm. years, wow. I had no idea. So yes, that made me more susceptible to more concussions because there was things already to like be exacerbated by yeah. more impacts. Yeah. yeah, interesting. So talk to me about how it started to change your life and your behavior. Like you started thinking about eating differently, yeah. different types of movement practices, different types of, uh, I don't know, skill practice to help you develop neurological connections. So talk to me a little bit about your, your keto diet and why that's such a, a, an important piece to yeah. re, re, rebuilding neuro, neuro tissue. So coming off this last concussion was my fifth impact. And I had only been fully healthy for about three months coming off my last recovery. So when I got hit, I had a pretty severe emotional breakdown and I knew I would like physically make it through the concussion because I had made it through my last four. Mm. But, and I knew the impact wasn't significant enough to be like, holy crap, like I need to go to the hospital. Like, I was just pissed because I had only had three months to kind of participate in life again. Yeah. So when I came off that kind of like breakdown, you could say, um, I was really upset because I realized I was kind of signing on to that headspace again by like allowing those emotions to come through. Right, right, right. And I was thinking about how like my last recovery, like I said, I was super, super skinny, beyond unfit, eating like shit, super sad. And I was like, I just, I don't wanna have to go through that. Like I know I have to go through the concussion recovery, but I don't wanna have to go through that. <coughs> so that kind of just opened my eyes to kind of like looking at other avenues of recovery. I had seen a lot of specialist doctors and they all kind of tell you the same thing. Kind of like the Western medicine practice to concussion. Uh, it's kind of like, I don't know. It's moving fast now, but they know a lot of shit they don't tell you, right? They, I was kind totally. of hearing the same thing from doctors, and I was like, "This is already information I know. What more can you offer me?" Um, they, everyone, kind of tell me like, "You're just gonna have to grit through it," you know. And so I came across some people um, online who were also going through traumatic brain injuries, and they were kind of documenting their um, their recoveries. And one guy in particular started to use memes to get followers. And I talked to him because I was- Yeah, you were talking about this guy. Yeah. What's his name again? His name is Martin. His name is Martin Cabello. His Instagram is Time Me to Mass So I Exist. Uh, if anyone out here listening to this has been on his Instagram before, you're probably gonna think I'm crazy for saying that he's a resource. Martin yeah. Cabello? Yeah. Um, with a C or a K? With a C. Time Me to Mass. Yeah, yo, duh, the first one. You're, and you're gonna follow him and you're gonna see his posts and read his shit and you're gonna be like, what? What is Ethan talking about? Maybe Ethan's concussions just made him crazy. But I promise you this guy has very real information. Uh, and I started reaching out to him asking like, why are you posting about your concussion recovery? What's the point in this? And he explained to me how collective consciousness was going to be quote unquote rooting for him. If all of these kids were coming to him for memes he was planting information about his injury subconsciously. And then their subconscious minds would be focused on him and his recovery, you know, when they're asleep or like in a lapse here and yeah, there. Yeah. And 
now he's got a few hundred thousand followers, so that's a few five hundred five fifty-seven thousand. So that's a few hundred thousand minds rebuilding his neuroplasticity. So you're talking about the conscious of the collective, the co exactly helping you, helping this guy, yes, uh, regenerate neuro tissue himself. So when he told me this, it was way over my head, right? I was like, this sounds really cool, but I don't know anything about this. So then I just started looking into general consciousness, started meditating. Uh, I have a friend who is super into meditation and consciousness and has been for a long time, and I never really took him seriously. Mm -hmm. So I started talking to him and kind of figuring out what information he could give me. I started listening to some gurus. The biggest guru that I found is Osho. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. He taught me a lot. And the further I would go into consciousness and the more I'd have these extreme experiences with my mind, I was like, I bet you my body can also go have some extreme, right? I, at first, I was just killing time with the concussion, avoiding depression by meditating. And then I was like, that kind of taught me like there's a lot more going on here inside my mind, inside my body that I'm not tapping into. That's when I started to look into keto. Um, and the inspiration for keto is like once you go far enough down that rabbit hole of like researching what people can do in ketosis, you realize that it's like putting your body into ketosis is just letting it do what it wants to do. It's allowing the natural human experience to occur. Sugar and glucose, are, there's 0% cellular necessity. Zero percent. You could go your whole life without ever eating sugar and be completely fine. So I thought about that, and I thought about these crazy stories of individuals who had done crazy things. But you'd also know people give a lot of pushback with that. Like, they also say sugar and glucose is your brain's number one fuel source, and that you need this for, for growth, you need this for recovery, and like, you know, part of it I'll... I'll I'll be, yeah, I agree with that. But then when it comes to some of these like superhuman qualities you're talking about yeah. without sugar, like I've experienced that too. Yeah. And I'm really into that. And I've maintained muscle mass and I've yep. gotten stronger and all the same things without it. Yep. So I'm with you on that from personal experience. So like you were saying with being uncomfortable where this all started, the body is going to be uncomfortable for a long time. Would you say like a month switching from normal to keto? A couple you, months. Until you really feel normal again? Right? Yeah, I would. I, well, I advise my people when we talk about uh, turning your number one source to fat as a fuel source, I say 28 days. If yeah. you can go 28, 29 days without any, or like minimal grams, we're talking under 50 grams, yeah, right? Exactly. Real minimal, this way you can switch to fat source being the number one fuel source. Exactly. So once, once you go long enough in that time of being uncomfortable, what, it might be like a perception thing on the surface, but really it's getting at all those nitpicks that doctors or fitness professionals, things they want to get on people for, for keto. Mm -hmm. They want to say like, oh, you're not going to grow or you're going to lose muscle mass or this, that, the other, you're going to be malnourished. It's just that, that two month period because what your body's doing while it feels uncomfortable, it's kind of uh, relearning all of its hormonal balances and all of its efficiency practices for every system in the body. Right, everything is running off glucose. So as it changes fuel sources, obviously everything has to adjust. But if you grit through and let it adjust, not only will you be able to maintain your muscle mass and whatever, whatever, you'll be able to enhance anything you want. So for example, let's talk about fasting. If I wanna gain more muscle, I'm probably gonna fast more often. That's because it's gonna boost my human growth hormone. It's because my body is gonna go so many hours without sufficient fuel, but it's not gonna die because I'm refueling sometimes. Mm. And it's gonna learn over time of being uncomfortable like that, of being close to starving but not actually starving, to boost certain hormones to make up for the lack of fuel. Then I'm gonna keep those hormone gains, you could say, when I refuel. 
Now I'm gonna be, when I refuel, I have all this excess human growth hormone because it's been uh, making up for the lack of nutrients. I give it nutrients through food. It immediately goes to that nutrients for energy. Now what does it do with all this extra HGH? It's just chilling in my system. Up to 2,000 times as much if I'm fasting 20 hours a day. Wow. Then I'm, then I'm gonna grow faster if I'm doing the proper exercises. Have you seen personally uh, an increase in your yeah. size and, yes. and so, all that? I have, uh, before the concussion, I was like 175 pounds and I was benching like 140 pounds. And I looked really big for me, but I was not that strong. When I came off this concussion, I had to do about a month of body weight work, but I didn't gain any size from that before I could lift again. My first lift, like my first proper time maxing any lifts, I benched 185 pounds. I was weighing 150, 153 pounds. Mm. So that's uh, it's like 40 pounds higher than I was lifting when yeah. I was working out every day for months my first time maxing off the concussion with these eating habits in place. Were you still, um, so prior to you lifting weights and the first four recoveries, were you eating a sufficient amount of carbohydrates and all that? And I was just, yes, I was eating definitely a carb heavy diet, like the classic athlete diet they tell yeah. you to eat. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. The carb load and stuff yeah, like yeah. that. High protein. High protein. Yeah, moderate fat, mm -hmm. a lot of carbohydrates, lot Gatorade, of Sweet refuel. Tooth. Bad sweet tooth. Yeah. And it never mattered because I had a six pack. So I was <laughs> like, fuck it. I'll just slam candy bars and shit. You know, like whatever. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's interesting, man. So uh, talk a little bit more about um, like the process and getting adjusted to that 20 hour fast, 18 hour fast. Yeah. So I kind of threw myself off the deep end and just did a 72 hour fast before I did any other fast. A lot of people will say, like, be careful with this information. And if you're not under supervision of a doctor, 72 yeah. hours without food, yeah. you know, Dr. Walter Longo's uh, fasting mimicking diet, he has yeah. like these packets that you consume throughout the four day process that has and delivers all the micronutrients that your body needs without breaking any fasting. Yeah. So I, um, I definitely suffered from that. I mean, at hour 60, I felt like I was gonna die. Um, but you also said something else about hour 60. Yes, you become Superman. You okay, become you said hyper-awareness yes, is what you said. Yes, alertness and like the thought, your, your thought speed, it's so quick, you don't even think about something. The whole thought comes to you all the way developed and you immediately commit it to subconscious. You don't have to analyze or process it, it's just there. That's one, amazing. One second, the whole idea wasn't there, and then the whole idea is there, and there's nothing in between. Wow. It's just there. It's that there. seems to me like if everything is connected, that's a perfect yeah. example of how you go from one extreme to the other. Yeah. It's almost like, so you get to that 60-hour point of the 72, and you say this hyper-awareness. It's almost like a non-dual experience. Like extreme meditators get to that yep. point, and they have this so-called non-dual experience where everything is one, you're yep. connected to all super of it, the super yeah. consciousness idea. And this kind of maybe ties back to what Martin was talking about with the super conscious mm -hmm. that's helping him grow his neuro tissue. Yep, nope, for sure. <laughs> and it's, it's, it's super crazy because it's like a trade-off almost. When you're meditating, you trade off your interaction with the physical world for this extreme connection with the conscious realm. And with the fasting, you trade off health, you trade off nutrients, you trade off uh, positive perceptions of your feeling in your body for enhanced cognitive experience, right? So it's like your body only has so much energy to give to anything. When you take away all the food, that's the majority of the energy you waste in the day. It goes to processing all the things you put in, right? Mm. So your body's like, what the fuck do we do with this? And when you're just still active and going around, it's gonna use that energy to enhance your brain's interaction with the world around you. If you're meditating, it's gonna enhance, like, 
your subconscious interaction and the bridge between your conscious and your subconscious. Yeah, I want to hear a little bit more about the bridge between the subconscious and the conscious mind. And then the world goes so, round a little clearer. Talk yeah. to me about that. So connection. I believe, right, the light collective is consciousness. Uh, light is like the creator or the god or like the seal. Infinite source, whatever yeah. word you want to use. Yeah, exactly. So everyone's consciousness, like their mind, is like a sliver out of that collective of light. Uh, that just got merged with your body as a vessel and you kind of go through your time until your vessel expires and then your light goes back to the collective. And so, there, yeah, there's a lot of people that say that we're all points of awareness living a subjective experience on a sheet of infinite really potential. Good way to put it. Right? Yeah. We're all points of experience or points of attention, mm -hmm. rather, having a subjective experience, but we're all cut from that same yeah. cosmic fabric, yeah. which is this infinite light source that you're talking yeah. about, so if we're gonna which is very woo-woo for a lot of people, dude. Yeah, that's true. But if we're going to believe that that's true, though, then it's been the same light since it was conceived, the same light through every variation, and it's going to be the same light at the end. It's like the light doesn't die and come back like bodies do. The light's been the same, right? So if you have a little bit of that collective of light in you, don't you also then have all the information that the light collective holds? Because it's never died. It's Boom. been there the whole time. Do you know where we, we hold this information? In, in the quantum matrix. In all, the also, but physically in this Newtonian realm, you know where we hold it? In our junk DNA. Oh, yeah. So we have this junk DNA. And let's say everything that you see in the Newtonian world as Ethan is less than 1% of your DNA. Right? Okay. The other 99% of it, it's labeled junk DNA because you're not using it or it's not being a it's not perceptive it's not people people don't see the other 99% they just see a half a percent of your DNA so that other 99% they, they dub junk DNA is all the potential information in the cosmos within you yeah so if yeah. that's not telling you that you have pure potential yeah. sitting in with you right now in the Newtonian realm then I don't know what does yeah so let's look, let's think about school and teachers and their role they're not teaching anybody anything they are just reminding the subconscious of a little sliver of information it already has you do not learn anything you relearn everything if you want to relearn more or faster or you want to relearn on your own without an outside source you have to build that bridge between your subconscious and your conscious mind i love that when you're being told by somebody else your subconscious can latch onto it but you can't tell your subconscious new information because you don't have it to give, right? Your subconscious can tell you new information, but it doesn't have a way to get there unless you work on it. You're not born with a bridge. The bridge is completely muddy. You, you waste that bridge and the resources that are that bridge by seeing through your phone or by interacting with like social norms and systems. Yeah. All that shit takes away. So you have to like rebuild it like time by time, brick by brick, meditation session by meditation. And uh, eventually, it's like a combination of increasing your information about it and your practice. If both don't kind of equal each other as they increase, then you're gonna fuck up somewhere. If you're meditating too much and you're not educating, you're not gonna increase the experience, you're gonna repeat the same experience and you're gonna get the same information. If you're educating and you're not meditating, you're gonna know about what could be, but you're never gonna figure out what it actually is for you. And that's where I think a lot of people get stuck on consciousness is they get, they're all about mastery of information. And that's great. Information is awesome. If there wasn't information, then none of this would be going on. Right. Everything is information, right? But information is light. And you know what's also light? People. And what do people like? Connection. What is connection? Love and emotion. That's not mastery of information. Dude, that's, it's very well said. You're doing a lot of thinking about this, man. I can't tell you how 
excited I am to hear somebody so young like articulate this information where do you feel like you talked about these balancing levels right now so where do you talk about in in your life right now at 21 years old where do you feel like you might be out of balance you're doing a lot of this thought you're, um, you're doing you're making a lot of these connections but what where do you feel is the next step for you as far as like growth and putting this to the putting the next piece of the puzzle here uh, I would say obviously just discipline is a huge thing you know it's weird having all this information and growing all this information as a young person people already didn't take me seriously just as a kid talking about normal things that everyone believes in people really think I'm on one when I talk about this right so if I up my discipline it doesn't matter what anybody says if I can get all of this practice down all the time they're gonna become jealous of the results at some point and they're gonna listen and they're gonna allow themselves to open up to me and my ideas if there's something tangible for them to see which I can only achieve through more discipline mm. like and what I mean by that is like instead of spending all my time thinking or researching I just need to go like I was saying and just go do shit yeah uh, which has been hard for me because of the concussion right until maybe a month ago mm. I really couldn't do shit I wasn't allowed to and if I tried to my brain would retaliate you know, my body would retaliate. So uh, that's the crazy thing though about, about keto is, and about all these practices is the more strict I get and the more disciplined I get and the quicker I recover, the more abundantly clear it becomes that like thinking about all this shit doesn't really matter. You know what I mean? It's like- If you don't put the pedal to the metal and don't act on shit, nothing makes manifest. I'm not gonna go to heaven because I know what heaven could be in a quantum sense. I'm not going to be a millionaire because I know how to access the money. I'm not going to get a wife because I know how to, you know, do whatever shit to please a woman. Like, I have to go out there and do it with somebody. It has to be a tangible human interaction. Like, all this information can help me. All this information certainly helps on a personal level, obviously, repair my body and, you know, make myself look good and stuff like that. Yeah. But, uh... You said a couple key things there. Like, doing it with somebody, bouncing ideas off somebody. Now... I want to talk a little bit about you, John. Um, you've also had a transformation yourself over the last four months. Talk about what it's like, you know, having a friend like Ethan and connecting with each other and going through these changes in your life. Now, you guys are in your early 20s now. Your brain is still rapidly forming and, and almost, you know, it'll be done at 25. They say that frontal lobe finishes development at 25 years old. So you're in this very interesting stage and I remember it so vividly and I, and I loved it so much and I had good mentors around me so talk to me a little bit about you John and your transformation since January um well I've always had a really like low self-esteem so when I was like 235 in pounds I was just like it was just even worse it was hard to do anything I wanted to do yeah and I knew I was capable of so much more and having a friend like Ethan he like just remind me of there's other ways to do things like meditation or going keto. Yeah. And I've had a lot of setbacks in my life where I've been very uncomfortable. I had two manic episodes, when I, once when I was 15 and then when I was like 20. And both of those times is, I don't know if it's, it's like kind of like having a concussion, but for your mind, your mental health. Yeah. And bouncing back yeah. from that was a whole nother deal. Cause I had to do everything different because if I did what I was doing before, I'd start revving up and I'd start not making sense. Yes. I'd just do erratic things. So part of like losing like 40 pounds in 
four months. That was just a part of getting healthy and well. Dude, that's awesome. Yeah. Congratulations. Yeah, thank you. That's fucking. And now your mind's open too, though. Like we can have conversations about this conscious shit. And neither of us were even thinking about it on our own a year ago. Oh no. You know but open mindedness is one of the five high level. It's, key. it's it's but it's one of like the the psychological traits, right? You talk about having an open mind versus a closed mind, and because you had that little characteristic, that openness, oh, right? Yeah. You're able to listen to someone like Ethan or somebody else giving good information yeah. with intention to help people. I don't ever and, listen to somebody anymore and like think negatively. Like yeah, everyone has some helped. point of reference. Like, sure, that's awesome. There's so many ways that. to think about it. Yeah. I'm, so, I'm glad you said that. Yeah, something I've really been trying to focus on lately is like the downside that comes with getting all this information, especially like for myself, like. I felt like I got it and I was on it before anyone else around me. So um, it made me, and I'm already prone to being a little bit of a narcissist and that just, mm. me, oh my God, did not do any good things for my ego. So that's a whole nother thing is like, yeah, you're right. it's like I, I had to, I had to stop thinking I was better than anybody, even if all these people are killing themselves with their diet and killing themselves with their experience. And I might know that to be true, but it does not mean I'm better than them. And then like John was saying, there's so much power with people. If you're if you're open to people and their experience, it doesn't even matter like their status and your um, how what they might know versus what you might know. If there's just power with, because even if they don't know it yet, they also hold all the same information you do in their subconscious and in their light, and you can synergize with that. Yeah. And you can get everybody to root for you, and you can get everybody on your side no matter what you're going to go through if you're just genuinely invested in people and you're choosing power with instead of power over. And so I had to go through a big kind of like... That's huge. Power with? Yes. As yeah. opposed to power over. That is... I'll get that tatted on my forehead, bro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, a lot of... Bad. I mean, a lot of today's leadership is this... I'm going to tell you what to do because I'm in charge. Yeah. You know? And that feeds ego. That, that's the wrong emotion. That's like a powerful... It's like anti-connection. Yeah, for sure. It's disconnected. That's a great... That's a great word, man. Um, but yeah, like, I think all the things that you said are very, very powerful and... You know, somebody who was a teacher seven years ago at, in your freshman class, to see, like, to be serendipitously connected with you again all these years later and to have these kind of, uh, have, have this kind of wellness information in common and to see you grow from 14 to 21 and then to hopefully stay connected with you as you develop and, you know, build this mentorship with both you guys, you know. To me, it's the greatest thing as a mentor, as a leader, as a teacher, to see this, to see this actually happen because, you know, I've always thought you talked a lot about emotion, talked a lot about putting that emotion out there. And, you know, I have, I had a very good childhood, micro traumas, if you will, but most of the time, very, very, very good. And I owe it to my mom and dad and and a very strong family. You know, Mm. they taught me to have the self-esteem and the confidence and the, the loving intention behind the things that I do and to figure it out yourself, right? So that being said, like I'm very lucky and I put a lot of love into my work and into my students, my clients, my athletes, the work that I do with the podcast and shit. And I I can't tell you how amazing this is just to to be here having this conversation and just, you know, growing here and sharing this with people. Yeah. That's what it's fucking about. And we're trying, I'm trying to, I know you guys are trying to too, is connect other people and build them up. And I was about to say, if we... Can we talk a second just about some general diet things, fitness things, just practices maybe people can take out of this? Because 
like we do a lot of extreme things I feel like between the three of us mm. but like a lot of basic things that we do that we probably don't even think about anymore could you know really really help people sure the basic like when I think about movement I think about the six main movements push pull squat lunge hinge and twist like I think about exercise from that point of view we talk these little diet um uh, tidbits and, and ideas to help people either drop weight, enhance their cognition, give them more energy, feel better about themselves, go drive towards a goal, or maybe just sit back and enjoy life. Because meditation or pain or anything that's uncomfortable, and going back full circle here, will teach you to be more present yeah. and stay in the moment because that's all we got. For sure. You I know could, what I mean? You could, I could spend infinite hours connected to the cosmic conscious having this profound meditative experience and I could come back to the world burning you know what I mean yeah it doesn't matter how pretty it was in my head one of one of the things that I like to talk about and we'll we'll end it here is that you know you can do all this stuff and learn all this stuff but there's there needs to be an integration period right every time that I do a meditation I always say or I eat food I'm getting into this habit now it's I always tell myself or I put energy into the process of let this food give me the information I need. Let it show me what I need to be shown yeah. and direct me the way I need, I need to be directed. I put that intention in and I listen. Um, but yeah, man, I guess that I don't know where I was yeah, going to drive home. <laughs> I just wanted to, real, real, <laughs> sense. just wanted to real quick tell people, like, I've had five brain injuries and I'm here talking about all this and thinking about all this. Uh, and all I did was remove sugar. That's, that's it. All I did was remove sugar. Everything else that came after that just happened naturally and my brain just took me to and information just came to me and the universe just put in my lap. All I did was remove sugar. And you started listening. Started listening and remove sugar. That is all you have to do. If you are a human being and you want to enhance anything, if you have any kind of weird medical issue or weird cognitive issue, mental health, anything, remove sugar and just don't stop. It might take a year before you experience anything significant. It might take a week. It doesn't matter. Your body knows what's wrong with it, and all it needs is no glucose in order to have the energy to solve problems for you, enhance cognition for you. You can literally let your body do everything. You'll get smarter, you'll get stronger, you'll sleep better, you'll have more regulated moods, you won't have any you know, intestinal issues and all that kind of shit, you'll lose weight, whatever you want, just remove sugar. That's like the number one thing I could preach to people. That's crazy, man. Uh, well, this is, like I said, genuinely mean this from the bottom of my heart this has been fucking awesome for me i'm glad to have this platform so that you can you guys can speak your truth i think it's really healthy to do that and uh to share this information connect people integrate the information that we're learning right so that we can experience it and make things manifest i think that that's what i was trying to drive at like when i was talking before was the integration integrate yeah. what we're learning weave it yeah, in put your emotion behind it too if we're not, we didn't really get into much about quantum physics, but for those of you who might be interested in any of that, your emotion is your quantum fuel. And whatever you observe with more channeled emotion is upping the chances that it'll manifest in this reality. Dude, that's, dude I need to hear that all the time. You inspire the fucking shit out of me. You inspire me, man. You too, John. You guys come in here, you worked your tails off, and uh, you know, it's an uncomfortable situation. You don't know anybody here, you don't know the space, driving from, you know what I mean? So like, that's awesome that you guys put yourself out there and we made this happen, man. We're, we'll definitely do this again. And that was the podcast, everybody. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you found this valuable, make sure to rate it five stars and share it with somebody that you love. Thank you so much again for tuning in. It's always a pleasure to uh, put out 
quality content and hopefully it impacts you and motivates you to make positive changes in your life. That's what we're here for. We're here to add value to one another and connect. That's it. As always, let's connect on Instagram at Danny Cola Fitness. And uh, please enjoy your time here. Have some fun. Learn, love, grow, be open, accepting. We're in transitional times and um, we need positive people that can add value and motivate and uplift one another. That's it. Peace, everybody.